You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa! What up, man? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today... So it's another dope entrepreneur. I mean, homie is the man. Let me tell you, he's a digital growth strategist. He's a crypto tech snob. We'll get into that. All right. He's a big data scientist. Yo, he is a the he's a web three guy. He is the founder and a CPO at Unipro. Let me introduce the big homie all the way from Michigan, the big champ himself. That's about to talk all about NFTs, blockchain, all that great stuff. The one and only. Connor Barrego, Wepa, Borrego, Borrego. How you doing, Hey, Al, so excited to be here. I'm really pumped to be on the show today and share everything I can about NFTs, Web3, whatever's picking our brains today. No, definitely, brother, because you, you definitely are out there. You're talking a lot, you know, NHL making moves, people making moves. And I just, you know, an NFT is such a big thing, you know, a, a word is going out there. I was been going out there uh, for a while. It's something that's obviously existed for very much longer, but, you know, it's just recently come into more of the public eye uh, in, in one form. But people would learn today that, you know, an NFT is not limited to just that one form. Absolutely. Yes. Right? But, yeah. So maybe that's where we start and kick this off, right? Like, let's rip the Band-Aid off. And well, before, wait, I, you know, before that Band-Aid gets ripped, <laughs> all right, let, let's put the Band-Aid, let me wrap you up just a little bit. You know, yeah. I see you from Michigan. Are you born and raised in Michigan? Because Comic says love is good origin stories. Because we like to dig into where you're from to see okay. how that journey of yours led into you being so passionate about what you're doing. Because in your journey, you're trying to help people, educate yeah. people. And, you know, and you're thinking about that next level, Web3, which is just some wild, you know, stuff. I mean, it, it, this is the future, folks. You know, my daughter all about it, too. She understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. give me your origin story. All right. Well, this is a very unpolished version of that. I haven't really given it before, so bear with me. But um, I actually live in Kansas City now. I moved here three months ago, so that's a life update. But we'll we'll get there in a second. Okay. So I'm from a small suburb outside of Metro Detroit area uh, called Gross Point. I was adopted by my family, uh, you know, from birth. So I, you know, was actually born in upstate Wisconsin. <clears throat> Anyways. Went to a small school in a wealthy suburb of Detroit. That kind of gave me a lot of uh, exposure to things, I think, that kind of helped lead me down this path. So just calling that out now, I guess. But um, the big thing was growing up, you know, for me, I was, you know, I played a lot of sports, but because my parents were divorced, my dad ended up living kind of far away from my mom. And so I didn't get to see my friends a whole lot. So I spent a lot of time on the computer, which, you know, it's kind of how I ended up down the track. What 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 era is this where you were you know you really started digging in more into the computer? Yeah, so middle school. It was two thousand eight. Uh, okay. I just gotten on Twitter, and you know I I mostly would spend lots of evenings kind of prowling Google trying to find links to download the latest movie, the latest album. Because you know? <laughs> I I was a being kid. naughty on the, I know being doing the naughty web stuff that you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, that's so long ago now. I'm like kind of good, I think. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I stumbled across a technology called BitTorrent along the way. And BitTorrent works in a lot of the same ways that like, you know, Bitcoin does uh, mm-hmm. in the cryptography involved in storing and retrieving data across the Internet. And so that was kind of like my first real exposure to that. But it also exposed me to the dark web, Bitcoin, all of that in time. As I went further down the rabbit hole, trying to find content on the well, internet for free, I know, I've always wanted to ask somebody how how the you know always they always say the rabbit hole dark web. Yeah, is it really that much of a rabbit hole to even find that? I mean, how do you even oh. stumble upon something like that? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm YouTube videos. I think was okay. Very, <laughs> okay, so the big thing is right when you're pirating music, movies on the internet, you don't want to get caught. So you learn how to disguise basically your IP address from the various websites you're accessing. And I learned learned how to do that on YouTube. I just downloaded a software called Onion Router and boom, there you go. 
Make it Connor, yo, as a kid. I, already doing the best of Lex Luthor, but turning it around to be a good Clark Kent now. <laughs> I, I love it. Did you have like a like-minded tribe of kids growing up that, that were into what you were into? Uh, Sure, on some level, but that was more on the sports side of things. Okay. Like, I was a swimmer and I played basketball. Those were my All two right. main sports. I got into lacrosse at the end of high school and, you know, growing up, so, you know, played everything from hockey to golf to tennis, you know, you know, so, you know and I played it. So, so, so your geekiness was your secret identity? <laughs> I, I don't know how secret it is because I'm very bad at hiding it. So like in the classroom, <laughs> my friends would not be my friends, but outside of the classroom, they like me. You know. I, I don't know you in that room, bro. You you make us look stupid. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I don't know. It, it it was always kind of a disconnect on that. But a lot of my friends in college definitely were into it, and that's kind of what brought us together. Were these like tech interests? I got I gotta know. Is, is there any fandom in you? Any particular fandoms? Whether it's like you know comics, movies, music, or anything like that in your life. That, that, that helps you, you know, in the process. <laughs> well, if I if I'm gonna point out any fandom that I have, it's Rick and Morty, and I don't know. You can't see right now because my my like. Go Rick, go Rick, yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, I got the Rick and Morty Monopoly game back there. And oh, right, nice. Yeah, my my fandom for that show goes pretty deep down because <laughs> I think it is a rabbit hole of a show. If you go look up any of the concepts that they're referencing. You know, you can end up on a Wikipedia page for hours. Yeah, for hours. You probably want to get arrested. Why is this person looking at this stuff right yeah, now? Right? <laughs> no, I've been on the FBI watch list for years, I'd imagine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So um, when did you start really taking all this stuff really, like, seriously? Because here you are a kid. You know, you're messing around. You're doing kid stuff. But yeah. when did something click in your mind and you saw potential in this? So blockchain, mind you, like I hadn't really gotten the potential probably until about 2017. And that's when okay. I started like getting a lot of books. But I had to go down a tech path before I went down there. Because tech did. was more a hobby side, just interest, mostly because I like I was saying, I don't like it, it's very expensive when you're a kid to watch all these movies and access all these songs. So, you know, streaming wasn't there yet. Yes. But um, so my parents were pushing me really hard down the STEM route, but they're all physicians. They work in healthcare, And so I thought I was going to be a doctor. First year of college taught me I was not going to be a doctor. <laughs> he so, said, nah, not for me. What happened? Can you share a story? <laughs> uh, so there's no like one story, but basically okay. it's like your grades go one way and your mind's like, I need to stay in here long enough to graduate. So what else can I do? Uh, and uh, okay. I mostly went back and chose the classes that I enjoyed the most, which was a good choice, I think, for the most part for me. Uh, okay. So I had taken a bunch of STEM classes, mostly a bio class went really south and a calc class went south. And I'm like, all right, maybe maybe this isn't for me. I had a uh, political economics course that was on Marxism that was just really fascinating to me. And so then I went down the political science route and uh, just kept learning more and ended up oh. graduating with a political science and entrepreneurship degree. What? I went in neuroscience. So <laughs> Definitely 360, but awesome. You're awesome on you. Check you out. Congrats, kiddo. That, that, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, then I went and worked for an ad tech company. And when I was there, the CEO of the company kind of took me under his wing and was like teaching me all this data analytics so, stuff. Before and I continue like, there, I got to yeah. ask, though, as a young man, you know, just getting your degree, was it easy for you to find an opportunity out on the field? So... No, it, it took me basically when I graduated, I did not have a job lined up. I was working a job full time my entire senior year as like an analyst consultant for a research firm at the university. So I was building a like a, a good skill set and they let me stay on for a couple of months after I graduated so I could keep looking for a job. Okay. Another temporary startup. It wasn't a great fit. But eventually, uh, the the company that I was just alluding to, uh, you know, kind of put out a job posted for an entry level salesperson. Uh, no contracts, no guarantees, no anything. You basically are commission only. And I was okay. like, this is the field I want to get into. So I took that and I ran with it. So, and you killed it, huh? I, I did well. I think I did well. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So when, when did the creative personal spark start beginning here, if you will? Uh, so if we're talking creativity, that's always been my shtick. 
Um, even even back in like fifth, like fourth or fifth grade, I remember just some projects where I was taking my favorite songs and reworking them with my own words for class projects. Oh, um, wow. okay. Yeah, just like they're always like, oh, you need to come up with a presentation for something. And so I just I enjoy writing. Writing's kind of my thing. And ah, yeah, so that's where my creativity kind of comes from. I feel like it's uh, my imagination and being able to put it down on paper. Fantastic. All right. So let's start talking the, again, the discovery of the blockchain. Cause you said, what was it? 2017, right? You said around yeah, that, there. That's when I was getting into it for sure. But, but how did you even stumble upon it? Like what, what even sparked the interest? Well, so I had used Bitcoin a few years earlier for some stuff in college. And okay. so I had kind of already gone through the process. I was aware of digital money. And I was like, I mean, that's how you buy things on the dark web is kind of the only. <laughs> so I was like, why would you whatever? So the CEO of the company I was working for, he was letting me develop analytical skills. So I was teaching myself the program while I was working under him doing sort of data analysis work. He was very big into basically purchasing and mining cryptocurrencies. And um, so he just kind of started introducing it to me. And so then I just bought one book, then I bought another book and I just kept buying books to learn more and more about it. And ultimately just kind of started putting my money into the space and kind of going further down, you know, the crypto rabbit hole. But uh, it kind of actually prompted me to go back to school to get a master's in data science so that I could better understand like the use case specifically okay. of NFTs um, because the blockchain is just a new cloud database. It's it just runs differently than Google's cloud or Amazon's cloud, you know? Okay. So why NFT in particular piqued the interest? So NFTs, uh, you know, stand for non-fungible token, C cumbersome word, super off-putting, but in reality, it's, <laughs> it it's, is. it's, it's a nasty sounding word, bro. I, I hate it. I like NFT way better than what it stands for, but right? it's easiest thing. It's a serial number for a piece of data on the internet. So that's super important when you're building software, because, you know, when you're using an app, it just feels like you're clicking a button and this stuff happens. But the way that that stuff happens is all of the different fragments of data are being put together behind the scene and they're using the identifiers to connect them. And so it's really important to have this identifier if you're going to build software. So the NFT is just, you know, critically important to building any sort of application on top of the blockchain so, because it manages the data. Okay. Maybe I'm still too high level, but uh, we'll, we'll bring it down. We'll start bringing it down. We're bringing it down because, again, um, you know, when did even an NFT start? And, and you know, and, and it's not limited to just art, right? Right. It is certainly not just limited to art. So it starts with the development of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum. Okay. I know Ethereum. Okay. Yep. So Ethereum, probably the second biggest name in cryptocurrencies out there. And so what Ethereum does differently than Bitcoin is that they came up with a whole programming language to interact with it okay and that programming language which really more only useful for software developers relies on the nft in order for them to build their applications so the nft kind of came out i believe that's 2015. i'm not always the best with mm -hmm. exact dates or stats so double check that but <clears throat> anyways they had to invent it to go along with the programming language in order to make the software system functional. Because what the founder of Ethereum believed was that we could build a decentralized computer where everyone could manage and protect their own data um, and still have all of the benefits of the internet we have today, just with okay. better safety and potentially more money for every user on the internet. But how, how does that type of technology even achieve that type of security? How, how are we sure it achieve the security that, 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 that's, that's being promised here? Absolutely. I, I, you know, and, and I need to also understand your passion behind this data privacy. Because yeah. I, I see you are like the ultimate cheater, like, yo, no data privacy. Your data is yours, people. Stop mm -hmm. this bullshit. I see you. You're passionate, and I salute you for that. I, I'm really passionate about that. It's mostly because when I was working at Google, you can see how much money they're making off of everyone's money. Oh, yes. Like off, it's if you've heard of the data economy, which I think everyone's kind of at least heard bits and pieces about it. It's a two trillion dollar a year industry. Trillion, trillion, trillion. 
Trillion. Letter T, folks. Trillion. That's so much. It's unfathomable how much money that is. And advertising is really only even 20% of that $2 trillion. Only 20. Only 20%. Jesus. <laughs> but advertising is the largest well-known of the data economies. Um, and so essentially one of the things that I was realizing working there is just like how much we're all being ripped off. And Whoa. what blockchain technology presents is in, it's not a, like an immediate answer because it doesn't take away the data that Facebook or Google already has on you. Okay. But if you start saying, no, I'm going to put this shield over my data from now on, your data is going to start getting really old in their databases and it's going to be way less useful, way less valuable. And okay. so that's why, you know, it doesn't matter that they have your data now. It's that they won't have your data in the future unless, you know, you put all your data inside of something like a crypto wallet. I like to think of it more like a USB. So you would be going to the application that you want to use and you would be signing in and all your data would be basically available to the application if you let it. And you would say, yes, let me say, let me share these data points with you. Yeah. Or let me share this bucket of data points with you, but for this money. So yeah, in the okay. process, you could get started paid for your data because... So, so the very same data that companies like Google, Amazon, everyone is selling, I could actually monetize now because it is mine. Absolutely. Yes. But Ooh. the only thing is that they need it in big piles for it to be useful. Okay. So you also... there's It's not just having your data and protecting it that's, that's important. It's also if... The, the value for Google right now is the fact that they have this giant, giant silo of data. They have mountains of information they have, not just on yeah. us, but on businesses and who knows. What know. Even aliens. I know, I know. They know about the aliens. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, so um, the way that they do that is they have centralized databases okay. um, that they manage and control. And so what we would need in order to provide that same sort of infrastructure is a, uh, a a data model. It's basically like a, a, a specific plug for different types of data so that we can all agree on this is what this data structure looks like. So um, I'm trying to think of a example. So like it'd be like a three-prong three plug versus a two-prong plug. Okay. So we would say that a social media NFT looks like a three-prong plug. And I don't know, like... Um, just maybe uh, your login to Netflix would be a two-prong plug. So the data that you're sharing is different. So you wouldn't basically okay. plug the Netflix plug into the social media plug. And or vice versa. Yeah. And the NFT is the thing that is describing that structure. Those rules. Exactly. And there's a unique ID, like a serial number or... Um, you know, like a mint number, just anything. There's an identifier to those rules that I have placed out there for, exactly. for my stuff. Exactly. But, okay. And then it uses blockchain technology, which it's uh, used complex mathematics to basically transform your data into a uh, string of numbers that one can read and then records that to the blockchain so that we can all say, this thing happened then. But we all don't know what that thing is. Only you can take your key and decrypt it gotcha. when you download it back from the blockchain. But somebody could buy that just thinking <laughs> it's something valuable, right? Exactly. Then go on. So, how, you know, because I also understand there's opportunity to make royalties here. So if I create exactly. something, how do even royalties work in this world? I mean, what type of percentages are we even talking about here? So, yeah, I want to teach people. There's, there's a chance for you to make money. But again, getting educated and please ask questions if you're watching. I see people, yeah. I see you guys watching and only playing me now. So uh, with, when it comes to royalties it, it, on the sale of your data, probably not going to happen until we have like one large application to use it, something like a Facebook. So that's probably a little ways off. But what you're, you're seeing today with royalties, right? And what I'm working with musicians to do is working on creating collectibles that are tied to a revenue stream associated with the media property. So Ooh. let's say an artist is putting out a song and that song is gonna be in a video game and a movie coming up, right? Okay. Um, there's money associated, there's revenue that the artist is gonna earn on that. But let's say when they listed that song for sale as an NFT, they said that the holder of this NFT is entitled to 5%, 15% of the royalty ah. associated okay. with it. 
So you set a rule from the get, like okay, because it, because of the NFT properties, whoever uses it, you know, uh, because of these digital, you know, contracts, if you will, exactly. they're really going to be tied into force giving me. A, I mean, but this is through the system or them giving it to me, or just the system gives me the, that portion. That so it, it depends on how it's set up. Some okay. of them are just going to be like more of a contract and then they're going to manually do it others are going to have a full system set up and those are going to be the more advanced ones yeah uh, i mean the smart contracts though that, that was what i was looking for yeah oh no so with the so even with the smart contract it could either still be manual or not so manual okay. they call them oracles when there has to be some sort of outside intervention right Okay. Like that's like yeah. when you use a lawyer between as a go between between you and the other oh person. Oh my god! Please don't give that idea to lawyers to call them oracles because the next you're about to start some some trouble right now. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not telling it, but so, there's many people who have written books calling them that basically. So. Oh hell no, bro! Then lawyers are no oracles, I bro. Take, I can't take credit for these ideas, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging this conversation so much, bro. All right. Yeah. So, uh, how easy is it for somebody to even upload an NFT in whatever format? Because again, not limiting it to art, I right? Mean, how does it even work? So, you have to first. So, are you going to mint it yourself directly and code it and put it on the blockchain? That's probably not most people. Most people are probably going to go to a marketplace platform basically okay. because they've created an app already to allow you to take your media, upload it. Give it a title, give it a description, put a oh, price, okay. and, it. and so that that's essentially what OpenSea, the largest marketplace, allows you to do. I wouldn't say OpenSea is the easiest place to get started because you still have to get a crypto wallet set up somewhere. You're going to have to transfer money, set up a second crypto. There's so many steps involved. Oh, wait a minute. So I need more than one crypto wallet? But that oh, for yes, for two reasons. The first one is because uh, you're going to want to use a browser wallet like. MetaMask, which okay. uh, is a plugin for Google Chrome and I think Safari too. They might even have an app at this point, but it essentially acts as your password manager. You go to OpenSea oh, okay. and they're like typing your password and it connects your wallet. The second reason you're going to want two wallets is because there are scammers out there and the wallet you connect to websites with, you want to be empty for the most part, because if you get scammed, oh, oh. it will drain that wallet and not your safety wallet. Got it. So you'll be, you, but you could transfer between wallets regardless if it's not the same company and stuff like that. That's exactly. Fine. It well, so it has to be the same cryptocurrency. It doesn't okay. matter. It's the same currency, but it doesn't matter what. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Look at me, but you're about to make me start buying toys on a whole different level. <laughs> uh, I'm here to encourage it, honestly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're here to get me in trouble, folks. <laughs> Uh, can we buy toys with crypto? Now you're saying that, for example, uh, podcast. Because obviously, I'm doing a yeah. podcast and not with you, right? right? So, how can I NFT this? So there, example? so there'd be two ways I would say you would want to NFT this. One, you just sell like basically your branded logo as a token, right? And what the token holder can do is they can come to you and give it back to you and say, "I want to sponsor this episode." And the thing is, they already sponsored it when they bought the token from you. They're just uh, redeeming that sponsorship now. The second way that I'm hoping to do in the future, um, which I don't know how reasonable it is now, but what you would do is you would have essentially a, that sponsorship placement that I was talking about tied to the visibility stats of your piece of media. So that, oh. right? So basically, Instead of Google's black box algorithm knowing the real value of your media property and your audience, you can put your engagement statistics and your visibility out there, allow people to buy it. And then depending on how successful it is, it becomes a very valuable piece of media. And then maybe they get in early on your content, right? And your future content's going to be worth more. So you're going to be able to sell those placements for a lot more in the future oh, based on this historical <laughs> visibility and engagement. You're making me smile, bro. I feel like Scrooge made duck with no money, though. I always have money to go like this right now. Like, Jesus Christ, bro. Your ideas are explosive. Well, explosive. I mean, why are you so passionate about this? What really led to the inspiration behind you really wanting to do this? What, 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 what are the seeds? Be honest here, bro. Reason to your soul and tell me, bro. It's okay. No, shh. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I look into my soul about this all the time. I'm, I'm, 
originally wanted to go into tech for the same reason that everyone else goes into tech. I want to make a shit ton of money and I want to like live good. That's yeah. what I wanted to do originally. Being honest. Okay. Yeah. But no, being honest. That's what drove me to it. But as I continued further down that path, I was just like, all right, I'm living comfortably now. I'm making good money. I don't know that more money is going to fulfill me more. And then I was like, so is it my ego? Do I want to do this because I want to be known for build something good or whatever? And, you know, probably on some level that is true because I'm, I'm human. <laughs> I have an ego. It's hard not to like self-indulge and be excited when I do something cool. Absolutely. But I think realistically what kind of, I don't know, just conversations with friends and getting sick of the way that things are and how much the advertising ecosystem and economy has this control or impact. I don't think it's like deliberate control or anything like that. I just think indirectly there are so many bad outcomes that are coming from our existing advertising ecosystem. And I saw blockchain as an answer to that. And I don't really trust the existing powers that be necessarily how <laughs> didn't do that the right way. And so maybe it's hubris, maybe whatever, but I'm just like very motivated to make sure it gets done the right way. So I love that. So I want to ask you something, because there's a term I've been hearing and, 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 you know, because we've been having a bear market, right? You know, crypto's taking a hit overall, you know, which includes yep. NFTs. So, right. you know, and, and this term is called crypto winter. <laughs> You know, yes. I smile when I heard that. I said, damn, this sounds like a great comic book title. <laughs> so uh, what is a crypto winter for people not in the know? And, and how does people, you know, how do investors in the crypto market deal with this? Absolutely. So crypto winter is just a bear market for crypto. And the reason why it's got its own name is because historically, the crypto bear markets haven't been correlated with the overall financial markets. They've sort of acted independently of them. So they wanted their own name and, you know, Twitter and Reddit, where most of these crypto discussions kind of happen, you know, like in forums, they are very meme driven. And so Game of Thrones being as big as it was around the time at which it's going on, you know, winter is coming. So now it's a crypto winter. And okay. so it's essentially just a term for a bear market uh, okay. in the crypto space. So talk to me of why even the Aiden and Chell is stepping into the space now. Because now, you know, crypto, you know, I mean, you know, uh, NFTs are what they are. But now we're having, you know, now uh, this big sport trying to step into the arena. Because I've even seen comic book creators, for example, do this as well. You know, Dynamite Comics, Todd McFarlane. We have musicians like Steve Aoki, you know, uh, you know Tom Billy with Impact Theory, you know, NFTs, wow. this, that. So talk to me. I mean, why is the NHL even doing this now? Okay. So now is probably one of the most affordable times. My type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, it, it basically, it's one of the most affordable times to start building a project. Why? Because cryptocurrencies are down, which means your costs of development are down in terms of real world dollars. Okay. The NHL is the latest, uh, you know, kind of to get in here. And so they're kind of pretty late to the game, honestly. Um, but they're getting in for the same reason that everyone else is, which is collectibles in the sports space has been true to be valuable for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And this is the latest iteration development of a trading card. So we're probably going to see a lot more use cases and new collectibles emerge that we hadn't thought as collectible in the future. But right now, it just makes a ton of sense to take a highlight reel, turn it into a digital trading card and make it collectible by just limiting the number of them that you could sell. So, so uh, can, uh, what's the limit that you could place? Is, is it a limitless limit you could place on it? Or, or you know, or, you know, what, what's up with that, those type of rules on, you know, it, like availability? It's like it was like our royalty discussion before. It's a choice when you do. I want to sell one of these. Do I want to sell 25? Do I? It's whatever oh, you okay. think the, the market can sustain that will also make it collectible. Yeah. And but so, how, can you, how, do, how do you even measure that, though, in advance as a creator? I, I'm not sure that uh, there's a great way to gauge that at this point. Okay. I think that one of the so let's take a sidestep from the from the sports ones for a second i don't know if you've heard of like the bayc the board Ape yacht club yeah I, I, listen i i heard I, I listen i heard you in new york recently you were doing yeah. a lot of things a whole bunch of different communities if you will exactly. you did mention them you know i mean yeah did you did, did were you really chilling with chain smokers bro yeah 
Damn, I love them, bro. This is awesome. It's not like they know who I am or anything. I was like, it don't matter. You saw them in a private concert, son. And I got sweat dropped on me and everything. Oh wow, I'm jealous. Look at this guy. He's he's throwing salt to my wounds right now. Oh my god, I'm jealous. That's dope. That's dope, though. uh, I'm not a part of. So I was actually there for a different, you know, kind of event. The the, 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 what was it? Uh, NFT NYC. The doodles, doodles, doodles. Yes. Let, me, let me shout them out just because they're great. Oh, doodles, shout out doodles. Um, but uh, so I'm not even a member of that community. My co founder and business partner and his girlfriend are, and they're longtime holders. And so they got two plus one tickets for my fiance and I to kind of tag oh, experience. So was it was it your first, uh, for the first trip to New York and also just for uh, you know, basically first crypto. Oh, my and- God. Oh man, you had a double whammy deversionization. Gotcha. Yeah, it was explosion. It was messy. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. Are you okay now? Uh, I mean, it's more of a hangover. I wish I was still there. Man, listen, if those pieces don't cure a hangover, I don't know what will. No, I know. That's why I still need them. Can I please get them Ubered? It's like 200 miles, sir. It's all right. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, I dig it. So explain about, you know, explain about those communities too, man, yeah. because I've heard of them before. Yeah. So, you know, basically the way you build up those communities, a lot of marketing, a lot of hype, you're trying to suck people into discords. I don't know if you're on discord. Uh, or I'm in a comic because it is on discord. Yes, baby. <laughs> Making sure. I never want to assume anything, you know, but um, anyway, so I, I was new to discords like a year ago. It was new for me. Okay. Um, but they'll build up this, uh, you know, a Discord channel that has a community built up usually around trading or collecting art. That's the yes. majority of this right now. But they're getting people together. And what they're doing is measuring kind of the size of active members inside of those Discords to kind of come up with the number beforehand, how many they're going to release. They want to release less than they have members so that there's demand more demand than there are things available because gotcha. that that creates uh, FOMO basically, right? Yeah. And that makes people want it because they, you know, they, they missed out on that. Exclusivity, absolutely. Exclusivity is a hell of a drug. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so like, I mean, I guess the, NF, or the NHL, they might want to look at like the intersection of how many of their fans are also crypto native users and then maybe cut mm-hmm. that number by 10% yeah. or like uh, by 90% and release, you know, the. Yeah. So that- let's. Let's manifest. NHL, if you need some help with that, I think Connor's here for you already. He has ideas already for you, NHL. Give him that fat contract. He'll take care of you guys, right? Oh, yeah. Thank you, make, Al. <laughs> make, make, make it happen because he is called El Prof. I want to I talk about a little bit about this persona of yours that, that where you share knowledge. And, and, and I, I watched a few episodes. I was, this is cool, y'all. Um, I was learning. I can't mm-hmm. wait to finish watching the series. But what is El Prof and what do you do on YouTube? So El, El Prof is kind of a character I came up. So like I said, I'm a creative person. I like writing. Mm-hmm. And so El Prof is a way for me to essentially write kind of my thoughts uninhibited with kind of like a just, I don't know, a hot take basically. And mm-hmm. maybe some swag while I'm writing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. not very natural to how I would say I talk or interact normally. Um, but, you know, what I was trying to do was get people excited about the space and talk about it in terms that are different than kind of the way which we talk about it now. And I really want to bring it down to people so that they can understand it because not everyone has like, I don't know, eight years to go study technology to figure this out. Not just eight years. I'm saying you said you also read a ton of books. Can you even recommend any books that could maybe help someone clarify some of this stuff, you know, on their, on their own pace? Yeah, so I think the blockchain revolution was the first book that really set me off and made things click for me. Um, I think it's by a, a father-son duo named the Tapscots. Okay. Um, so that that one, but it was a little dense, and I don't know if any of the books that I've read aren't super technical, to be honest. Um, but actually, I'm, that's what El Prof's all about. Is I'm I'm trying to actually. Currently, I'm working on creating a bunch of study guides and how-to docs and glossaries. Well, basically, uh, a, you know, uh, an NFT for dummies by Connor. Let's get it done on the yeah. real shit. You know what, dummies? Uh, you know, if you need someone too, you got homie right here. Let's manifest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's manifest, Connor. 
Let's I love it. it. I love it. So, you know, uh, you, I, I even heard stories where you're talking about Snoop Dogg is even like all over NFTs. Oh, I yeah. Mean, he So he's a holder in the Board Ape Yacht Club. Same oh, he that. is a holder? Check that yeah. out. And they uh, they released a music video. I think it was just a month ago at that at, at NFT NYC Ooh. using their board apes inside the music video. And actually, it was I thought Ooh. it was a pretty well done music video. Um, so, and how how does that even work? I mean, how successful can a musician be with an NFT? And you know, is that extra legwork they got to do? So you know, in the case of Eminem and Snoop Dogg, they're already popular. So of course, they, uh, they're. they're they're giving value to the NFT more than anything. So gotcha. I think for a lot of artists that are up and coming, what it can be for them. And there's a there's a there's a guy I follow on Twitter who's great. Whose name's uh, his name's Cooper. His Twitter handle is Koopa Troopa, but he yeah. covers the NFT music space really well. And he was basically talking about um, you know this idea of like you only need a thousand fans, right? A thousand real fans. And the reason you need that is because it's it's not insane to think that you could sell just your album artwork for 0.1 ETH, which right now isn't a ton of money. It's a hundred bucks. But yeah. you know, if you sell a thousand of those, you're gonna have a hundred times a thousand. And yeah, well. that's enough money to start investing in more video productions, you know, more oh, yeah, baby. Video and advertising dollars to blow yourself up. So if you know what you're doing with that initial release. You know, there's speculators out there on OpenSea who are just like, I'm not at a music aficionado at all. I'm just going to collect these music NFTs because I know Ethereum is going to go up in value in two years time. So regardless of whether or not the song gets popular, I'm going to have this valued at, you know, 0.1 ETH. So when it is, yeah. is worth more, I can sell it maybe even at a loss. But I'm making U.S. dollar gains. But how do you feel about the, the speculator market within the crypto market? How do I feel about it? I mean, personally, I kind of hate it because it feels like a scheme. <laughs> and that's like, that's so the antithesis of kind of like what I like to get into. But at the same time, you know, people are looking for something fun to do. They have a lot of these cryptocurrencies. If you're an artist out there, you should just be taking advantage of this opportunity to access money to fund your work. Um, just because and you're not boosting it because you said uh, in some article, that a, an artist could make up to $96,000 a year, you know, as an NFC, 96,000, you hear this folks again, $96,000 a year as That's an NFT funny. artist working from home, creating art in the digital space. What the fuck? I mean, yo, I mean, that is some serious revenue. Absolutely. And you can do a whole lot with that money. And you could blow yourself up quite a bit more too if you know how to work the ad systems. And so I think that that's what. Okay, there you go. What are the most powerful ad systems? Can you recommend through your experience for for artists? Can you even recommend? It's the, it's not even going to be that surprising, but it's it's your big ones. It's Google because they got YouTube. It's Facebook because Instagram's still important, and it's TikTok because it is completely music and creator focused. Okay. And they also have the best visibility algorithm. So you might not even need to pay for the engagement there, but it pays the boost also. So I, I would say, you know, there's nothing outside the box there. Um, but what it actually comes down to is how you use those systems because they'll let you, they'll let you throw money at whatever you want. They're not going to help you spend your money wisely on there. And that's the trick part of the whole thing is figuring so out how, how to do that. What What's smart then? What's a good daily investment for someone, you know, on, on the small scale, if you want to just start feeling the water on advertising and those type of platforms? I would not spend less than $5 a day on any campaign that you do. And whatever campaign you do, if you're if you're early stage, you should be investing in picking up emails and phone numbers. And there's two okay. reasons for that. So, you so get an email list going ASAP. You get an email list going ASAP, get a text. You might not even need to be messaging them constantly. Just be using your ads to collect those things specifically. Yes. Because ultimately, that's going to become your... Um, your, your sample data set for what your ideal audience looks like. So when you're ready to invest real money, you have this, this data set. You can say, hey, Google, this is what my fan base looks like. Go find me more of them. Yeah. But unless you have 1,000, 10,000 emails on that list, it's not going to be very effective. So 
the first thing I would do if I was an artist is I would start collecting phone numbers and emails of my fans. Gotcha. And based on your experience, are there any easy platforms for people not on the know to even begin to know how to collect those emails? Um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I'm going to plug UniPro here for a second, but the biggest, you know, uh, competitor or like the biggest offering of this is uh, Linktree. Okay. So Linktree, you know, one page website for a creator. They can put their links to whatever they want. They can collect emails or phone numbers right from that one page. I think it's like $5 a month. And well, minimum investment. Well, okay. yeah. And then you, basically you're going to be able to collect all the data you need. And you're going to be able to, um, you know, basically collect the information you need. But that's where you're going to send all of your ads is to that page. Okay. And how does Unipro help me now? So I, I offer the same one page website for $5 a month. Um, and the difference is you're going to get your own website instead of a page underneath Linktree's website. Oh, and that is super important from my perspective in truly building a first party data solution. And that's high level terms, but basically your data is super valuable. We want to make sure it remains with you. Linktree doesn't necessarily do that, but that's the entire point of what I do. So, so you and a pro, am I getting a sexier looking page as well? I mean, you know, cause I know that the Linktree is very plain unless yep. you, you know, pay on those premium tiers, of course. So how right. much sexier can I make my page look as opposed to a link tree? So it's not going to be sexier. It's going to be the exact same thing price-wise. Okay. I can't tell you it's going to be sexier uh, only because you would have to pay more because I have to go in there and manually make those design uh, things. But, but that's possible, though. It is, absolutely. Oh, you know, maybe in a year or two down the road, I can make it sexy all the time for people. And yeah, I want to yeah, give it away for free, honestly. Um, that's I want to get to a yeah. point where I'm giving the tool away for free. Because where I add value is in how do you run your advertising. No, but I love the fact that you could have your own domain under it as opposed to having the link tree in front of it, you know, with them smearing, you know, and showing, look at me, it's me presenting them as opposed to, hey, this is mine. What are you doing? Uh, so I love it. I, I like that idea. So when, when did that come into play? So it came into play last February when I started this journey. And the main reason it came into play was because I was like, what is the minimum amount of page you need to, um, to kind of get all your data in one spot on the internet? And it's just, you just need a one page website. And what you need there is to install, I, I hate to say it, but Google Analytics, uh, because they provide one of the most comprehensive you know, website analytics software suites. But in doing so, you start to actually build the data you would need to go run these advertising campaigns down the road. And so you don't even need to be running ads today. Just the fact that you are on social media and have this link in your bio, whenever anyone goes there, you're starting to build that data set for Google. You don't All they got to do is like go to Unipro and this is, this is an example. So that count links, you know, look at that folks. It is your own FN domain. Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? <clears throat> I think that is, that, that is what I always tell people own everything. Lot, you know, a new social media comes up, put your name on it. Even if you don't goddamn use it, make sure that you put your goddamn logo and stamp on it. Absolutely. Because it's important. You don't want somebody to hold you hostage one day when that becomes popular. <laughs> no, exactly. And what uh, one of the um, one of the sorry, one of the guys that I've been working with, uh, he basically comes from a real estate background and he has this whole investment thesis basically centered on the idea that the next real estate is not digital real estate in the metaverse, but just simple websites and profiles on social media. And oh, then you okay. can treat them as the same type of investment as you would treat our physical real estate. Well, because yeah, depending you, on the popularity of the person and all that, because I mean, you never know, I might become famous and you put an ad on my page, shit, that has a 10 more times value if you put it on Joe Schmo's page. Exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Listen, I'm all about this. I smell the money. <sighs> I smell that shit, bro. I, I, I don't want. I, I don't want to just want you to show me. I already smell it, bro. Before it even comes, bro. I have more of a sixth sense than Tom Cruise. There, there it goes, bro. I'm smelling it. It's like Roxette. Do you smell what Connor is cooking, baby? All right. This is this is amazing. You've been an amazing guest, bro. I appreciate this energy you're bringing. You know, for entrepreneurs and trying to teach them, educate them, and bless them with an opportunity to make you know real revenue without a middleman. Absolutely. And that, so that gets me back to why I was motivated to do this. I was at Google. I was trying to work with, you know, a bunch of small businesses 
And I wasn't even allowed to tell them that their advertising spend would have been better just going directly to Yelp because, (laughs) right? Because basically they're trying to run ads for, I don't know, getting a plumber, right? And, you know, basically Yelp is going to do that better than you. They're going to pay more money and they have better data. So they actually get to buy those same users for cheaper than you do. And then you're going to have to go buy ads on Yelp's platform anyways, because that's where everyone's ending up. And that's where your main profile that gets you leads are. So you shouldn't be on Google. You should only be on Yelp because Yelp is buying all your customers first. Wow. Look at that. You hear this, folks? You hear this nonsense and shenanigans that is going on? Insane. Well, Connor's here to solve a problem. You know, if, if you don't believe me, just check out his bios. He, he says it. I'm, I'm here to try to solve some problems. So thank you for taking that initiative in life, my brother. For so, sure. So is there any place that you're going to be? Are you going to be speaking at any conferences or making any appearances elsewhere where we could see you, me too? I mean, or when the hell is the book coming, bro? Because you're talking to me that you're a writer. So when are we going to get the, the Carnival Borrego Volume 1 over here? Uh, I actually do have a book cooking. It's going to be called American Bastard. Um, just going going into my adoption and shit. But um, I I think that'll probably be sometime next year. There's no conferences on my immediate radar. I want to be at Art Basel also next year. So those are kind of like the big things on my radar. I'd say, you know, stay tuned to my YouTube channel. I'm hopefully going to be bringing back my art review series. Where Get it I- done. Get it done. Because I'm already digging what you're doing, and, and it helps you learn about what the, you're talking about. But again, it is a digital space. It's not a physical product, but they still are. It is beautiful fucking art. Oh, my God. You'd be showing off some shit, bro. Oh, my God damn, bro. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's amazing stuff that people are putting together. Yes, like- yes they are. And, you know, I, I've just always been an art fan. My grandma was an artist. Everyone else in my family seems to have artistic talents, but me. I mean, I could yeah. write. But they, Don't they worry. You have a talent. Like you said you could write. And, and the other thing is you could appreciate the artistry behind that art. You know, yeah, so you know, even though you can't draw, you were blessed with an eye and a taste for it. I definitely, well, I don't know if I have, I have my own taste for sure. I definitely have the style. Well, everything you're showing is fucking fire. I, even though you sometimes, as you say, uh, I saw one of the episodes, you're like, I really didn't like this one out the collection, to be honest. <laughs> but it is the one that sold the most. So, you know, but at least you're real about the shit. And, and that's what makes the channel awesome, because people could connect to that. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, folks, you know, I'm not telling you this is the best one, but this is the one that actually sold the most, you know, if you look at the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I did that, yo. That, that's dope. You got to give people a little bit of both, some actual good stuff, and then whatever the news is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. You do it. No fake news, only the real yeah. shit, bro. So, Connor, thank you again. Um, any advice for anyone stepping into the game? I'd say that the next 12 to 18 months are going to be probably some of the best time of our lifetime to enter. I wouldn't say that we're at the bottom. Crypto winter can get much colder, but if you're looking two years out, I think you're going to feel really good about any decisions you make any time between now and 12 months from now. So long term, buy now while it's low and just hold on. Absolutely. But also don't buy all at once. Buy small chunks. Chunk it out over that entire period of time. What's a good chunk? You could put as little as $5 a weekend. I don't know how much money anyone has, but I would say... Think about it on a weekly or a two week or a monthly basis. I mean, five dollars with certain certain cryptos, which are at you know almost under a penny. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of uh, yeah. change right there. Eventually. And I would say not all cryptos are the same, so I wouldn't put it in necessarily the the penny stocks is what I would call. Yeah, not, not just the pennies, but there's other good stuff when you have some right. money and collect that accordingly. Obviously, get into the more you know robust ones, if you will. Absolutely. But the 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 take whatever chunk of money you have, right? They're like, I'm ready to put this into crypto and I'm ready to not see it for two years. And then divide that up by 12 and then do it once a month. You know, that I would think about it that way. Start with how much you have and then when do you want to start and when do you want to stop? So basically, folks, maybe sacrifice, you know, that eighth every, every month, at least one no, no, eighth no, you a can't month. Sacrifice that. No, you can't. Ah. <laughs> We're going into inflation, recession. Who knows? You can't sacrifice. Oh, no, they need that shit. <laughs> I know, Connie. You got to read. You got to read his articles on that. Other, uh, what was that other website you write at, yo? Because I was digging them all. Oh, the culture board. 
Yeah, culture, culture whore. You hear this? I mean, it's great articles. I have fun reading them. And definitely when that New York story, story uh, I, I felt like I was back home. I smoked the pizza. I smoked the air. I smoked the dirt of New York. Uh, thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed reading that article. I was like, damn, yo, you had fucking pizza recently? I need that shit in my life. That's like crack, son. All right. So so with that, uh, folks, I need you to follow my big homie over here, especially if you want to learn about crypto and this, you know, beautiful new market, you know, learn everything's education folks you know don't shit on anything without learning don't listen to naysayers just you know make your own educated decision here so if you want to actually learn and el prof el prof right here connor can show you check out check him out on twitter and tiktok at three the letter l p r the number zero letter f uh on twitter and tiktok and uh go to linkedin at connor borrego and that's connor c-o-n-n-o-r-b-o-double-r-e-g-o and of course, you want to sample how dope Unipro looks over LinkedIn? I mean, a link tree. Check it out. Go to conorborrego.com slash links. All right. It's just a sample of what Unipro is going to be bringing to the game. But again, please tune into his YouTube as well at Prof because he'd be killing it. And you you need to bring that shit back. Stop, stop messing around. Get it done because uh, I'm, uh, once I get past the 10 episodes, it'll get me upset that I don't have any more. I don't want to just feel like season one. What is this? Yeah. Like kind of season one of NFTs, uh, season two coming soon. <laughs> right. We'll be fine. Two weeks from now, I'm making a commitment. I'll be back on before the before July's out. Well, let's get it done, man, because if we want to be in this crypto winter, let's start learning how to invest, you know, that way in the future when we make all that money, we'll be like, yo, look, Connor, show this, show this shit, look what we do. When when we'll be doing, like, uh, the rich and famous, it'll be you, though, instead of Robin Leach, of course, because he's dead. Uh, Connor will be the new Robin Leach. So, hey, how did you get this? Hey, Connor, I listen to you with the NFT videos, man. All right, let's make it happen, bro. Much love to you, everything you're doing. Thanks for helping people, happy musicians and creators of all types, well, through technology. It's an amazing journey. So you keep doing what you do, all right? And yep. with that, me gente, what happened? Well, I just ahead. wanted to say thank you so much for having me on, Al. This has been a great conversation for me also. So I just thank you. I love this channel. I love what you're doing here. It's so positive. Thank you just again. <laughs> nah, bro, it's all about education, bro. And I appreciate you even taking time out of your day, man. I I, I know, bro. I, I, I see you, though. You have one eye on some screen. And I, I bet you that screen has to do with the marketing. He's like, motherfuckers, dropping. Sell, sell. All right. Yeah, kind of busy, kind of busy. And with that, I'm out mega with the amazing Conor Borrego. Again, check him out everywhere. Yo, El Prof. El Prof. That needs to be a comic book of someone that sells number NFTs, you know, to superheroes. The superhero stockbroker, El Prof. <laughs> I love it. All right, my brother, you, you be easy. And with that, folks, you know what to do. Check out everything on ComicCrusaders on ComicCrusaders.com. Check out my extended family, UndercoverCaves.com. We got mad stuff going on in ComicCrusaders World on YouTube. We know what it is. And with that, I thought that person my hand that. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.